0: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss.
1: All right, everybody. Hello, hello, hi, and welcome along to film franchise Four Nights on the Cold Popship podcast. You are joined once more for the a hundred and. 80-something time in a row, it is (laughs) I, Alexander A.J. Jones, and I'm joined... Do you want to know
0: how many episodes we've done? How many? Uh, Let me have a look. We have, on our main feed, we've done... This will be our 380th episode.
1: Nice. I was specifically looking at franchises, but... That's a more impressive number, so why not go with that? Wow. That's right, everybody. It's our 380th episode, and I have been here for most of them, and so is Richard, mm. Richard AJ Martin, uh, the other co host of the Cop podcast, where every fortnight we discuss a different film franchise. Richard. What did we discuss? What are we going to discuss this week?
0: Well, uh, if all goes according to plan, <laughs> we are going to be discussing the Addams Family franchise. Mm. Now, this is like one of those franchises that started in a different medium decades earlier. We're going to be mm-hmm. talking, we'll have a little bit of context for, you know, where we're coming from for these films. But we are going to be starting off with the Addams Family Feature film which came out in 1991 that was followed up two years later by Adams Family Values in 1993. And mm-hmm. then five years later, there was a director video film called Adams Family Reunion. And then more recently, there's been two animated films, The Adams Family and The Adams Family 2 in 2019 and 2021. Yeah. Now, What's your relationship with the Adams family prior to watching them for this podcast? <laughs> I think I watched it growing up. I definitely watched the monsters. I can say that. Like, right? We were we were more of a monsters household. I would say. I think, and doing my research, that like when the first film came out in 1991, the producers sort of had to like pull it from obscurity to get it made because the monsters was a lot more popular and ah. now that's kind of because of these films and of course like you know at, at the moment it's like the most sort of famous it's been or at least one of the characters is because of the tim burton series uh, wednesday on netflix yeah it was due to like the syndication rights or something like that that was it was just the uh, the monsters was on a lot more um mm. but then adam's family had a bunch of different iterations which we'll go into but yeah i i've seen bits and pieces of the first three films at least growing Mm -hmm. up on tv and familiar enough with the characters kind of thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i can't explicitly remember like having a relationship with it
1: (laughs) well i'm somewhat similar can we even say that like when you say you watched it as a kid what exactly... Because wasn't the show from like the 60s, the 60s and then yeah. they made a couple more and there've been a couple mm. more and it's all over the show. And what I think is interesting... It's possible just
0: is to watch shows from... Several decades. I mean, we, we're talking about films from a few decades ago. That's true. So, but yeah. but
1: <laughs> I, guess, I guess I was more asking, did you watch the original show? Did you watch the animated series? Did you watch the original show? show? Original yeah, show. Right.
0: Prime used to play like Happy Days, Brady Bunch, mm. Beverly Hillbillies, The Munsters. Yeah. I would watch a lot of that.
1: I watched a lot of Happy Days and MASH on Prime in like, what, 2005? Uh, but wow. didn't really catch the Adams Family. A bit of Get Smart. You know, that sort of thing. Um, but, because what I think separates, and this can be a prevailing discussion prior to getting into the films themselves, because, and whenever we do one of these types of franchises, always rattle off the other ones we've done like it. So we've done franchises that are based in something that isn't movies before, that are more yeah. like, these are more the movie adaptations of this pop cultural juggernaut that everyone's Yu-Gi-Oh. familiar with. Yu-Gi-Oh, the Muppets, um, Scooby-Doo even. Yeah is a great example and what i think sets the adams family apart from all those is there when i think of scooby-doo despite the live action films or the artistic reimaginings and other series there is a definitive house model that the Hanna barbera Mm. scooby-doo that i think of when i think of adams family it's like how people describe having different levels of aphantasia we're like I can picture an apple in my head, but other people picture sort of an amorphous apple shape. And that's right. what thinking what the Adams Family characters are supposed to look like is like, right? Mm. Because there is no... I don't think there's any ubiquitous pop cultural definitive version design, of the yeah. design of them. And I well, think I, that's I would
0: say these days it's probably the two live action films from
1: 91 and 93 it may be yeah those yeah, are probably yeah. the most
0: iconic if you got people to picture the adams family in their mind that's probably what they're picturing if mm. they have that ability shout out to all our listeners with our
1: Fantasia. we still love you even if you can't picture it <laughs> the
0: the the idea of the adams family dates back further than that, than that original tv series it's from a series of what i was surprised to learn uh, like one panel comics That were like in the New Yorker, like similar to like the far side kind of Mm. thing by a guy called Charles Adams. And... The? With two Ds? Yeah. Holy shit. And so our unpaid intern, Rachel, has done (laughs) a lot of work this week. Again, more work than we have done. (laughs) And read through, um, Rachel sent through, just explaining... Uh, what they've done, and we'll be coming back to Rachel's differences throughout mm. the episode. But mm. Rachel specifically read the world of Chas Adams, Chaz Adams' favorite haunts, and Adams and Evil, an album of cartoons. There's a book called The Adams Family and Evolution that advertises mm-hmm. itself as the most comprehensive collection available, but couldn't get a copy in time for the episode, and mm. uh, we'll provide some more thoughts if if necessary. Once nice. uh, she Thank gets you, a copy of that, there were a solid amount of racial stereotypes apparently in these. But he was a cartoonist <laughs> born in 1912, so it shouldn't be too surprising. Also, has given God me... these
1: are Adams family is nearly a hundred years old. Then wait, when did he make the Adams family?
0: Yeah, well, he didn't make them when he was eleven.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, true, true, yeah. true. But just
0: some some fun facts about Charles Adams. So this is like essentially just proving that this guy has the chops for, like, mm. the macabre, you know? Mm. He once worked for a true crime magazine called True Detective, where his job was to clean up images of corpses to make them appropriate for publication.
1: Oh, God. And this is, That's... like, you
0: know, pre-Photoshop. and stuff. like, how would you yeah. even do that? Yeah. Mm. He has been romantically or sexually linked to Greta Garbo, Joan Fontaine, and Jackie Kennedy months after the assassination of John <laughs> <laughs> Again,
1: very macabre.
0: Yeah. Uh, his second wife, Barbara, was a lawyer who took control of the TV and movie rights for the Adams family and tried to convince Charles to take out a life insurance policy on himself. Uh, supposedly his own lawyer mentioned the like last thing he'd seen this and was double indemnity. <laughs> the film. <laughs>
1: Amazing, amazing.
0: Okay. Uh, He married his third and final wife, T, in a pet cemetery. While they apparently both held animal remains, they nicknamed their shared estate the Swamp.
1: This dude sounds insufferable to hang around with.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And finally, he died of a heart attack while parking his car. Supposedly, his wife, T, considered this quite fitting and said he's always been a car buff, so it's a nice way to go.
1: Oh, yeah. I think everything he, everything in the Adams family, I think car buff. Not
0: (laughs) so he yeah it's like have you ever read all like the facts about like mary shelley apparently like lost her virginity on her mother's grave no
1: i haven't it's
0: like the original goth
1: yeah cool badass (laughs) badass Badass. Badass. (laughs) but yeah so
0: uh rachel's done an extensive amount of work sent through a massive list of changes from the Hmm. comics uh with rachel's permission we'll make that available To everyone to read later on, but uh, I will be cherry-picking things throughout Mm -hmm. to highlight. So, yeah, the Adams family, as I mentioned, you had a few different iterations. But the sort of the core idea of this family, as told by Charles Adams himself, was "...Gomez and Pugsley are enthusiastic. Morticia is even in disposition, muted, witty, sometimes deadly." Grandma Frump is foolishly good-natured, Wednesday is her mother's daughter, a closely knit family, the real head being Morticia, although each of the others is a definite character, except for Grandma, who is easily led. Many of the troubles they have as a family are due to Grandma's fumbling, weak character. The house is a wreck, of course, but this is a house-proud family just the same, and every trapdoor is in good repair. Money is no problem.
1: Yes, right, and... I guess for those unfamiliar with the Adams Family entirely, mm. the whole joke is that they are like very goth looking, a very goth looking family who sort of have a lot of horror movie monster characteristics, yeah. but for the most part are humans. And from what I understood, the monsters was the opposite. That was, they are monsters, but they live behave like, like humans. humans. Yeah, yeah. These, are, these are yeah. humans that behave like monsters.
0: Yeah, and so yeah, they're they're horrified by normal things, and they love the macabre. Mm. Mm. There was before we get into the 1991 film. You sent me a link to there was mm. a 1977 TV film called Halloween with the new Adams family, which I didn't watch, but you said you were going to. So and AJ, I did. What it. was that about? What. <laughs> i'm so sorry
1: i ran out of time but it could be a cool one to revisit for a film well there's
0: one more interesting one that i would probably rather do is Mm -hmm. uh, emphasis on do is that in 1972 as part of the new scooby-doo movies the adams family crossed over with a lot of the original cast from the 1964 TV series reprising their role. This is the first time they appeared in animation. They did an episode called Wednesday is Missing. And due to the rights, it's like the only episode not available in the US. So it's like considered this rare. Hard. I've got a link to it so we can watch it. But it be an interesting thing. And then fans responded so well to that, that there was like two or three animated Adam's Family shows after that.
1: Doesn't Wednesday is Missing sound like a mid-2000s emo band or something like that you know
0: yeah Yeah. (laughs) the the show randomly was hugely popular in australia right one of those weird things and Mm. it spawned a game called fester's quest so our other uh, unpaid intern if you're listening fester's quest hunt that down let's see what format it was on
1: you're talking to vinny the guy Uh, that yeah plays licensed video games based off our franchises and and gives us a a rundown for in our cult elders episodes
0: yeah so yeah festus quest on the nes generally considered to be one of the worst games ever made
1: nice nice (laughs) can i tell you the biggest influence the adams family had in my life before seeing these movies no great Let's move on then.
0: No, go on.
1: And maybe you had this too, actually, because I was about to say it's because I'm a I was I was raised Christian, but maybe maybe you might have experienced this too. We would go. I would go to school camps in Wood End. It happened mm-hmm. it was at multiple school camps, and these were run by Christians, and they'd get you to to pray to their God before dinner, which is like, what if there's like Muslim students or whatever, you know? Like they just have to thank. God the christian god for their dinner but anyway do they make you specify yeah yeah a big thing christian
0: god for this thank you
1: thank you specifically the judeo-christian god (laughs) Um, they they would make they would turn it into a game and i've heard like people say like there was a superman one where they'd go thank you lord for giving us food and all these eight-year-olds have to sing that before they eat dinner. But the one that we did at Wood End Christian Camp when I was eight, nine, ten years old went, We're thirsty and we're hungry. We want to fill our tummies We know the food is yummy. And so we thank the Lord. Da 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 etc, etc. And if that is not A Christian boomer's idea of what is culturally relevant
0: for nine-year-olds
1: in 2004, 2005. I don't know what
0: is. I can tell you, I did not have that experience. No? Mm, Obviously, very very familiar with the theme song that you, Mm. you know, sung to the tune of there. And I, you know, had parodies of it all my life, you know, Mm. inescapable. Mm. But no yeah not specifically that mm,
1: interesting interesting and so yeah i would say that that theme song was until probably the wednesday tv show came out and i got more information purely by osmosis because i didn't watch it yeah. um that theme song was predominantly what i knew about adam's family before going into these films i think yeah and you'd never know it because they do not fucking use it for like three films really yeah. <laughs>
0: apparently uh, barry sonnenfeld who directed the film Didn't want to use it at all, but included it because the trailer had it it and people were like, oh my God, they're using the song.
1: It has that vibe of the director thinks that his vision is above that, and we'll get more into it, especially with the the two animated films. But yeah, so Barry Sonnenfeld, who mm. we've talked about very recently, directed the first three Men in Black films. Directed Wild Wild West, which we covered on Patreon recently, and of course Richard directed one of our favorite films, uh, Big Trouble, which is like a of yeah, development. I, I, I think he film. also
0: directed that. Well, one of your favorite, well, at least one of your favorite movie stars that um the cat movie with kevin spacey
1: and <laughs> <laughs> we do the barry Field joke every time um yeah so this movie is uh a live action reimagining of these various machinations of Adam's family over the years. Who have we got? We've got Raul Julia as yep. Gomez Adams. We've got Angelica Houston as Morticia and Jesus Christ, the sexiest on-screen performance by an actress like ever. Oh, right? And, it's and so, an actor. Like the two totally. Of them. Yeah. Their relationship is fucking
0: couple goals,
1: intoxicating. Yeah. Intoxicating. Yeah. You've got Christopher Lloyd as Uncle Fester and i don't know like christopher lloyd is so iconic to me because of back to the future mm. and then i remember one day thinking like have i even seen any other
0: christopher lloyd movies
1: and i've seen who framed roger yeah, rabbit
0: H- the, Howl, the movie and
1: <laughs> but like this is a fairly sizable like next to back to the future is mm. Festa christopher lloyd's most, most well-known yeah. should we
0: check his uh, imdb for like well known for sort of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh yeah he he had just come off the back of doing back to back um to the future yeah <laughs> uh, back to the back back to back to the future and they, they they wanted to get him but they weren't sure they'd be able to so there's a few other names thrown around danny devito Uh, jack nicholson i think their original choice jack
1: nicholson yeah their original
0: choice was anthony hopkins but he turned it down
1: that tracks but also i think christopher lloyd is pretty (laughs) fucking incredible as as uncle fester
0: according to imdb uh his four films that he's known for are back to the future who framed roger rabbit the adams family and adams family values right so
1: they beat back to the future two and three interesting uh yeah so we've also got a i guess a young pre-fame christina ricci as wednesday adams you've got some kid some as Pugsley, <laughs> yeah. as pugsley um and who am i missing anyone i'm missing anyone uh, big i'm missing
0: yeah let me have a look i mean potentially the biggest of them all you've got lurch just in terms of height
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he's played by the giant from twin peaks that's oh, what really i knew nice. him from yeah yeah uh Carol Strucken... And he's in the first... He's in all three live-action ones yeah, as well. You true, know? Yeah. The only actor to appear in all three. Uh,
0: no, the other one... Uh, someone else also does. I think... Oh, the guy that does the hand thing. Ah, Thing. Is, is so you've actor. also
1: got... You've also got Thing, who is a hand. Um, and the grandma is just a very uh, forgettable character that very rarely contributes anything.
0: Judith Molina plays her.
1: To the plot. Um, and what a plot this is, Richard. I felt this was a very strange plot for the first live action Adams Family movie. It's very
0: uh bad boys.
1: Yeah, right. It feels this feels like there's this is the second Adams Family movie and there's a first one that's just a basic uh execution well, of well, you the, the, what the idea
0: you're describing there is that like this is a sequel to the TV show.
1: There you go. That's exactly what I'm saying.
0: That it's like th- this is uh, you you are expected to come to Adam's family 1991 with a certain level of knowledge of what the Adams family is. Mm.
1: Yeah, so it begins the the basic plot of it is, is that Uncle Fester has been missing for 25 years, mm. which means that like the kids haven't even met him in this version yeah, yeah, yeah. of yeah. of the plot, right? Um, and there's this greedy their their lawyer is like greedy money-grubbing dude who meets um there's this what there's like this old lady who wants to like take their fortune yeah and she's uh, in cahoots with the lawyer and then the lawyer meets her large adult son (laughs) who looks a lot like fester and is played by christopher lloyd and convinces uh, this guy to pretend to be fester and show up at the adams family and be like i'm back so that he can get it get the like you know steal the fortune and it's real like huh like i watched this in two parts yeah. i watched the first hour and then watched the last half hour the next day and the first hour i was like so does christopher lloyd not play Fister in the adams <laughs> family movie does he just play a guy who looks like Fister?" uh and there's this whole story where they they get they end up getting kicked out of their their house in the last like act of the film, and we get a brief you know what are the Adams family like outside of the house. And when that was going on, part of me was like, should this not have been the film? Like this mm. whole joke should this not have been the first film? Um, and they get it back where it's and then they it is revealed that the imitation Fister actually is Fister. Which I was like, this feels like a studio note. This feels like, no, no, we need Fester in there.
0: Interesting, and- yeah, you should say that. There was a 2012 interview with Sonnenfeld who said that he originally wanted it to be unclear whether it was an imposter right. or not. But the actors right. all strongly opposed the notion and then selected then 10-year-old Christina Ricci to come to the director on their behalf as like a spokesperson for the cast and say... Uh, No, that that, it really he shouldn't be an imposter and they changed it to make the actors happy and said yeah they were right it was the better way to go
1: i don't know Uh, here's what i think is the better way to go barry i think don't do this plot for the first adams family movie i think it's very strange i think i would have preferred to just immediately meet the full family and then see them go on an adventure because that is he or isn't he uh fester kind of just hangs over the whole film and and not in a fun way it just feel, felt confusing and like a weird a weird rendition of it um but it was it was it's fun it's very funny it's a very yeah. funny film mm, i was laughing film. my my ass off it's very sexy very funny um yeah what did you think of it i
0: thought it was very funny and very sexy you're kidding whoa no yeah it's like it's so much fun and like there is that we sort of joke like you Joked about it, but it's like there is this Sonnenfeld touch that it's like this real sort of like workman director who you know isn't by any means a household name. And and you know, since Big Trouble hasn't really made anything good, uh, include that's including Big Trouble, Big Trouble being very bad.
1: I'm confused, I'm confused, <laughs> what?
0: but the but yeah, just that like 90s Sonnenfeld had such a style, and I think that like balance of comedy and like in men in black it's action or like sort of heightened reality i guess that it's like it's sci-fi in mm. men in black and then it's like the macabre or goth in at family that like the blending of humor and that is like that's the sonnenfeld touch mm. and then i guess and- he couldn't do it for westerns in wild wild west <laughs>
1: it feel like a lot of people say he's like aping the at the time newly established Tim Burton style.
0: Yeah. Who was the first choice for the film as well, obviously, but was busy with Batman. That
1: makes a lot of sense, but I actually think it's better not being full Burton. If this was full yeah. Burton, you'd you'd have everything would be fucking curly spirals like, you know, it'd be it'd be a tim burton film and not an adams family film mm. well i mean this we do know like what
0: a... tim burton adams family looks like because we true. have gotten it
1: mm. um but this feels like it's more like what i understand of the cartoon brought to life and and i thought that was really yeah. cool
0: yeah no it's, it's, it's a good fun film what do you think it has on raw tomatoes do you think critics agreed with us
1: I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little bit of like similar to to what i said of just sort of like there's a but It gets muddied with its weird plot. So mm. I'm going to guess like maybe low fresh, maybe like just 70.
0: 67. So yeah, reasonably close mm. there. Yeah, uh, yeah well, let's see what, what critics. I, I mean, it made back its money and uh, made seven times its production cost. And so got a sequel, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm looking for the, the line where it's like, critics you know were divided on this and yeah the consensus well yeah a lot of people were just like yeah here's a bunch of jokes it doesn't the scripts kind of just disjointed Hmm. i think it's it's almost like for just from reading like little bits and pieces of reviews it's almost like people didn't like the comedy
1: the best part of the film yeah (laughs) exactly interesting interesting
0: so yeah as i mentioned rachel our unpaid intern has sent through a bunch of things lifted from the comics. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of them for each film, but the, yeah, just to some that you might be quite interested, I think, and, and Rachel, I think, and their research found it very surprising that it's like, Oh, there's a lot of stuff that's actually kind of mm. faithful to the comics. So mm. there's a Gomez and Morticia's unhappy, darling, completely. That exchange mm. is taken from one of the comics and that's across like all of the films they say yeah. a version of that in every film mm-hmm. there's when fest is unpacking morticia takes out his bottle of cyanide and says cyanide as if we'd run out and mm-hmm. one of the comics is morticia going to a neighbor's house to ask to borrow a cup of cyanide interestingly enough the neighbor's design is the same design that would later be used for grandmama so arguably she is asking grandmama who's just living in a separate house although it's clear that adams probably just came up with the design first and then decided to you know, liked and used it later.
1: Do you know what's another example of that happening? What? I think about this all the time, actually. Do you ever read... Did you ever read Asterix comics? No. Not at all. So no, I was too busy said, getting laid. <laughs> yeah, when I was reading them at six years old. Um, So you, you wouldn't recognise any character names? I know Asterix and Obelix. Do you know... So Obelix has a little dog that follows him everywhere called right. Dogmatics, right? Yeah. Which... As an adult, understanding the the, the jokes and Asterix character names is so funny. But um, there is a specific Asterix comic where um, whoever wrote Asterix just drew a dog and was like, I love this dog so much. And they retroactively went back through the like (laughs) 15 earlier comics and inserted dogmatics. Because he just loved the, the design so much. But the... The time you see him appear in the fifteenth episode of Asterix is like he doesn't appear until that first appearance, Mm. and then he just keeps following them around. And they just really liked the um, the design so much that they put him in. I love the idea of like
0: falling in love with a little doodle you made (laughs) so much. Mm, 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 Yeah, yeah. Anything else you really want to say about the first film? Uh,
1: Again, I just want to draw attention back to to the incredible cast yeah, because I mean, like
0: one of the best comedy ensembles i think i've ever seen in terms of like uh, it, almost everyone pulling their weight except pugsley, I, pugsley establishing the formula of pugsley just being some guy
1: yeah 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 so like christopher lloyd is Fister. He is like pushing he is like closing his throat for It's, it's a it's a disgusting performance. It's right?
0: a it's it's, an insane performance.
1: It's like, like that's the energy in which he attempts every line of dialogue. It's like right?
0: he's he's trying to like Yeah, you know, like if you're embarrassed and you're like comically embarrassed, you'd like sink mm. your head and you like get rid yeah. of your neck and sink your head into your shoulders. He's doing that with every line, but like it's this thing, like, we talked on, on the Men in Black episode, actually, about how, like, um, Vincent D'Onofrio did that, like, incredible uh, body performance of Edgar the Bug. Mm. But, mm. like, that was, you know, they were actually, like, pulling on parts of him and, like, and it's, it's seamless. It looks like that. But, like, Christopher Lloyd in this film and i'm not saying this to the film's detriment because it's so funny but it's like you can see him doing that you can see him mm. hunching mm. It's, it doesn't look like the character just looks like that but he's got this like mm. this fat suit on and it's mm. it's fucking hilarious it's it's a it's a crazy performance
1: mm. it's yeah it's a great performance and raul Julia, who i'm not familiar with outside mm. of these films he's dead now right he, uh, he passed
0: away a couple of months after the second one came out
1: wow yeah, like a, How, a few
0: months yeah what did um, he die from uh he, he like it he, he was i'm not sure exactly what his illness was but he was like um he was declining health in the second one and then he's got like a famous posthumous performance in mortal kombat um mm. which came out afterwards and that's the one that's like the film's terrible but apparently he's incredible in it um right and so yes yeah, death he uh stomach cancer
1: wow that sucks i think i think Mm. what's what's compelling to me about gomez adams is i think i'd falsely assumed him and morticia were both these very sexy like demon nightmare characters but that's definitely morticia gomez is like this ugly little dude with the confidence of the sexiest man alive mm. and i think and that that tends to what be what it is in almost every rendition i've seen of the character and I just thought he was so great. It's it's so, such a weird character. And once again, Morticia Adams, Angelica Houston. This movie had me looking up what Angelica Houston's most iconic performances were. Because I was like, i got to oh, get more Angelica. No, no, <laughs> Richard. Just on Wikipedia. Like, she's been nominated for some Academy Awards and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For movies I'd never heard of. So I was like, maybe I should... Go on an Angelica Houston binge.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just a bit more about um, Raul Julia as well. So, Mm -hmm. on November 21st, 1994, so, you know, only, you know, 29 years ago uh, from a few days ago when we're recording Mm this, uh, Rudy Giuliani declared that to be Raul Julia Day. (laughs) So, recording this not long after Raul Julia Day.
1: Okay. (laughs) Interesting.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah. He also yeah he was in his hospital bed um because he got like food poisoning and then that uh really accelerated the the severity of his condition but in his hospital bed just before he passed away he was reviewing the script for uh desperado which he was going to be in
1: wow yeah. interesting interesting yeah, well, let's discuss probably the more definitive performance of Raul Julia as Gomez Adams, shall we?
0: <laughs> Alrighty. So, yeah, two years later, again, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, we had Adams Family Values. And up top, I we talk about titles a lot on this podcast, which is seen what we usually say for the end. So excited. This has got to so be excited. one of the best sequel titles ever, right? I'm of two minds. Well, Richard. because it drops the. the.
1: Because it drops the "the," but then the straight to DVD movie that's arguably not even in the same canon yeah. continues the trend, and it kind of retroactively saves dropping the "the." I'll say this about dropping the "the": so, the mm. f- f- if you don't know what I'm talking about, the second Adams Family movie is not called "The Adams Family Values"; it's called "Adams Family Values," and "Adams Family Reunion" is the third one. And I remember, um. When Incredibles 2 came out and there was this clip of someone, Brad Bird or someone, being like, yeah, we dropped the The from Incredibles to make Incredibles 2 title because doesn't The Incredibles 2 sound ridiculous or or mm. some very ill-defined reason? And I saw a tweet sometime later that really spoke my views into the world on this, <laughs> which is, is that... With The Incredibles specifically, and I think it does apply to The Ames Family as well. With The Incredibles specifically, if you don't have the the there, it removes the joke from the original title. Because the original title is The Incredibles. Like, as if you were to say, The Joneses or The Martins. Like, mm. it is It is making fun of the fact that you would refer to a family with the surname Incredible. It's a very subtle joke, right, okay. but it is it is needed. I think. I don't think the first one would have as good of a title if it was just called Incredibles, because it's not playing into the trope of what we call our you know other families. Yeah. And similarly here, I wonder is there any information at all on dropping the "the" from Adam's family values? Because it is a similar thing where it's like uh, they are the Adams family. It, it is. and the whole thing is like. You think your family's weird? Check out the Adams family, you know. Mm. And I feel, I feel like you're removing the familiar language from how these characters are discussed by removing the "the." There, what do you think?
0: Mm. I, I don't, I don't mind removing the "the." Mm. I think it, it does just tidy up the the sequel poster, but the the title it's a it's a joke. like a tongue-in-cheek reference that so after the 1992 la riots in the wake of the beating of rodney king the Mm. then vice president dan quayle blamed like this controversial famous speech he blamed the riots on a breakdown of family values and Mm. so then a year later adam's family values came out which is like taking the piss out of the vice president
1: yeah, it's the second film franchise four nights in a row. We've discussed the beating of Rodney King also. Um, <laughs> because there was on Barbershop as well. They talked oh, yeah, about yeah. it in there. Uh, yeah, interesting. And I, I, first of all, let me say this. I love the format of, and I've talked about this before, my yeah. favourite sequel title trope is continuing a sentence based off the first film so look who's talking look who's talking to look who's talking now is great the adams family adams family values adams family reunion keep going i say adams family vacation yeah
0: that's which is a movie i thought existed
1: (laughs) i did too when do we talk about that do we want to talk i i i think i thought the third one was called adams family vacation
0: yeah I think I probably felt the same thing, but then yeah, like I remember maybe even when making the film franchise Fortnite's list originally was when I discovered that it's like no values in reunion and there's no vacation and I was surprised to learn it then. But it's like right. it just makes sense. And then the twenty 20- start with V. The 2020, uh, 2021 film, Adam's Family yeah. 2, is about them going on a vacation, and, like, the the poster is very much them in, like, vacation gear. And so part of me was, like, am I retroactively just thinking that that's what that one was called? Well, or, like, also, trying to... Go, also, yeah.
1: Gomi is in the Adam's Family 2, so shouts, we're going on an Adam's Family vacation. It's very, So it's, um, e- it's even uh, in the dialogue. Muppets,
0: Muppets again, where it's, like, they say... Yeah. What the title of the film should be, and then it's like cuts to a different title. Yeah, it, fe- it yeah. feels like they wanted to call it Adam's Family Vacation.
1: I think they absolutely did. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Cool. So Adam's Family Values, uh, I think, is the better of the two films. Yeah, that's, it,
0: it, it, almost everyone agrees with you.
1: Yeah. What are we talking on Rotten so, so sixty-seven for the first one. I reckon we're looking maybe low nineties for this one.
0: 75 but it is mm. generally considered like an improvement
1: I just think again that the plot's not as weird it doesn't feel yeah. like I've walked into the cinema late which is kind of what the first one feels <laughs> like at times like 20 um, years too late 20 I, years too late <laughs> I also like
0: I think a lot of the more sort of like iconic iconography comes from this one like the mm-hmm. the uh Wednesday Adams dressed as a Native American is like mm. a very you, i've seen that picture a thousand times
1: yeah yeah so this one is about um the morticia and gomez decide they need a nanny for the kids because they have a new baby pubit
0: pubit <laughs> which was i think the original name of pugsley in the comics or wanted to be but someone said no you can't call it that pubit mm.
1: incredible like baffling baffling joke almost <laughs> um and Pugsley and Wednesday uh, regularly are trying to murder Pupit. Um, Which brings me to the first thing I want to talk about with this film, which it feels like this is like, we made the first one, it made money, now the studio are going to let me do whatever I want with the mm. second one. And so they kind of like in the first one it's it's things like they like the macabre so they'll they'll have at the end they're like you know what a horrible horrible day and they're like yes and they love that it's horrible in the second one they are straight evil which no. I thought was a, a funny do spin. Like there's a bit where one character meets Gomez and they're like, "Ah, Gomez Adams, I heard you're quite the lady killer." And he's like, "None of the charges stuck." And it's uh-huh. like, "Oh, so Gomez is a murderer of women in this <laughs> yeah. film, you know?" Like, uh, and and yeah, there are there are several scenes where Wednesday and Pugsley are actively trying to murder their baby brother, and they're only stopped because someone saves the baby. Oh, it's like,
0: coincidences most of the it's time. It's
1: coincidence that saves them. Um, and, uh, yeah, and so they get a nanny. And the nanny they bring in is played by Joan Cusack mm. in Ladies and Gentlemen, a very different role from her School of Rock character.
0: Had which me uh, I... looking up uh, Joan Cusack <laughs> performances, if you know what
1: I mean. a, ver- a very sort of femme fatale, but exaggerated. Very sexy, very like... Mm. Yeah, very booby. It's a very booby performance from Joan mm. Cusack, um, and she they 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 bring her on as the nanny, um, and she uh is sort of courting Fester, and Festa thinks it's because she's in love with him. We and fi- we the audience find out she's actually like a black widow who mm. regularly, you know, marries men for their fortune, then kills them. Um, and there's this whole running gag in it that I thought was brilliant that. <laughs> Fister's ca- dead already or yeah, are he, he, just, he can't be killed yeah. he can't be killed so she drops a toaster in his bath she blows up a house with him in it and like cartoon logic applies to him but not to anything else <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: it's it's really funny it's really funny and it's so campy and great but part of her plan because the um pugsley and wednesday are kind of catching on to her so she convinces gomez and morticia to send them away to summer camp which is mm. where the majority of that storyline takes place where wednesday um starts a ro- romance with a a very young and very nerdy david crumholtz yeah I-, <laughs>
0: I actually didn't realize it was happening
1: it's so, and it's it's one of these things where it's like, was David Crumholtz this young in 1993? Yeah. Because it's like, when we with the he's in the Santa Claus, which came out what two years after this, and he yeah. just looks like a, an adult of Yeah. <laughs> it, um, and so yeah, there's there's like uh, corrupt camp counselors that want her to behave a certain way, and and a popular girl who she hates, and she ends up, um, and you know, one of these scenes that now does the rounds on twitter because it's this absurdly woke take for 1993 where she agrees to be in their thanksgiving play which is about the like pilgrims and native americans which paints it as if it was a amicable and you know very loving exchange yeah. of resource and land and food where wednesday just like goes off script and starts talking about how they took their land from the native americans and embarrasses all the bad characters in the, in the process Yeah. um what happens what happens to the to John cusack at the end of this it how does it all wrap up richard tell me
0: at the end of the film she tries to electrocute the family uh mm. in these like electric chairs and then it's it's Pubert that saves the day, C- connecting the loose wires, which fucking explodes her.
1: Oh, and kills. She dies. Eh. She just yeah, yeah up she, dies. she burns
0: to ashes, leaving only her shoes and credit cards behind.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. So, g- great stuff. Really liked this movie. Yeah, Thought this really is easily funny. the the more definitive yeah. of the two live action ones. Um. And we haven't talked about her much, but like Christina Ricci as Wednesday so is so. Good so fucking good i can't remember which film it is in but there's one bit where she's she's like the running gag which i'm sure exists through all adam's family media is that she's like regularly putting pugsley in like deadly situations Mm. and there's one where she ties him up to like an electric chair and he's like what are we playing and she's like it's a new game called is there a god (laughs) which is like (laughs) holy shit it's so much funnier than just like you know electric chair or like you know it's like it's it's a lot more deep which is such a great kind of rule for the character and this is also like i what i imagine writing wednesday adams where it gets the most interesting is when you have these things where she's like going undercover and pretends to be like normal for Mm. to to trick people which i think i don't know that must be pretty fun to write such Uh, a established macabre character doing interesting things with that characterization yeah
0: it, it is funny with Wednesday Adams I like I I also haven't seen the the show but it's the kind of thing that it's like one of those things I've seen a lot of people emulate but it's like Christina Ricci is so fucking good in the role and like mm. an incredible child performance as mm. well and yeah again just just sort of relating to that thing we're say about it's like genuinely might be one of the best ensemble cast like one of those things where, like in any other movie every single one of these characters would be the best character totally
1: it's incredible except for pugsley was just looks, some guy what he what he even looks like but
0: on, on christina Ricci, uh during the the press for this film she got asked by uh this, she said this was the worst question she, she's ever been asked in an interview um a woman asked her if she'd gone through puberty yet and if she'd gotten a period at 13 years old and she replied, "No, I'm going through menopause," which is a, <laughs> a, a great Wednesday Adams answer. But yeah, she yeah, said, that said that it's like, very... uh, "Yeah, that was disgusting thing to be asked."
1: Yeah, far out. Um, there's a real funny bit where when um Joan Cusack's trying to seduce Fester, and she's like, "Fester, I'm a virgin." And, and what he, he like doesn't really understand what that means, hmm. and then when she explains it to him, he's like, "Oh, me too." <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny. Um, I love that. Uh, so the first film, we didn't really uh, go into this much, but the first film opens with like carolers or sing- people singing, and it pans up to the Adams family like boiling, pouring. pouring Boiling oil on them or something yeah, yeah. from from above, and when it pans up, you hear. Dun, 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 dun. And then that's the only time that plays, listeners, for two movies. It uh-huh. doesn't play in the second one at mm. all. They, there is an orchestral dun, 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 that plays as part of the score Mm. but the the clicks are what i'm here for baby the clicks are like the that's the 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 best part that's the gubba ghoul (laughs) richard the (laughs) gubba ghoul and i was just so shocked because because nowadays if this was made now and it more or less has been made now in um (laughs) animated form and, and the the tv show the way that these adaptations of like legacy properties work is like the if the original property has an iconic theme you are getting fucking uh dua leaper to do a new version of it mm. for you. You are you are using that as a powerful tool for nostalgia. You are using mm. that to to build excitement. You think about how the um Spider-Man theme is used in the MCU Spider-Man movies and and, mm. and things like like these are such it's it, That's how we do that now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like we weaponize you Weaponized nostalgia. We weaponized nostalgia, and it's so weird to not to see a, to see a couple of movies, flagrantly ignore that and defiantly ignore that, mm. and even though well, like, these are from the
0: time that we're nostalgic for, like
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but it's like ah, oh, I just wish I kind of wish these movies had the theme in it more. I guess. <laughs>
0: All right, so once again, we're going to turn to our unpaid intern, Rachel. A few more things lifted from the comics Mm -hmm. in Adam's Family Values. So Morticia's line to Debbie on her first night, scream if you need anything, is taken Mm. from a comic where Morticia is showing a man his room and says if you should need anything just scream nice uh morticia's parting instructions for babysitters in the film are all the important numbers police fire department morgue (laughs) 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 there and in the comic the instructions for babysitters uh get the children to bed around eight and keep your back to the wall at all times i'm starting
1: to get a get an understanding for how these were Far Side esque single-panel comics
0: yeah the last one that that Rachel has pointed out I said Wednesday and Pugsley Pugsley did attend camp in one of the comics the comic itself has them being returned home in cages you would know this if you read all the bullet points for the previous movie but I won't hold it against you if you don't (laughs) (laughs) nice anything else you want to say about the Adam's family sorry Adam's family values
1: I mean only that I wish there was a third movie that was of the same Caliber.
0: yeah uh yeah so there was plans to have one obviously but uh, raul julia passed away and when adam's family reunion rolled around they and i'll get to how that came to be in just a second but when it came to you know into production the uh christina Ricci and whoever played pugsley were offered were, were had aged out of the roles by then and all the adult cast were offered to come back but out of respect for raul Said no, so that's why d- none of them ex- except for Lurch, except for Lurch um, and the the guy doing the hand. So there was an interesting quirk of like rights in the nineties that mm-hmm. different studios could own the theatrical rights and the director video rights of uh, uh property. And so Saban, who make Power Rangers, yeah, bought it like bought the director video rights for Adams Family and was oh, sort yeah. of like planning to and there's like a few different iterations of like what they were planning and stuff but eventually it came to be that they wanted to make one that's like just firmly marketed towards children without the sort of edgiest stuff in the original and yeah then it was yeah so they wanted it to kind of kind of be more i guess of the the tv series but yeah no it's like interesting thing there so so at one point it was like you could have had both and just be completely different, but somehow they were able to give it the same titling scheme and it mm. be live action and so. But yeah, that's that's why this one mm. exists. And, and recasting, I guess like Yeah,
1: yeah, there's there's recasting, but there's also a bit of a plot reset because Pubert is nary even mentioned.
0: Mm, um maybe, meaning, uh, which, Wednesday and Pugsley finally got to him
1: yeah yeah exactly and so for all those canon nerds out there like me you're forced to reconcile with like well they got lurch back (laughs) so it's definitively the same actor from a previous canon Mm. but it's blatantly ignoring like a status quo change as well Mm. um so is it is it and the titling scheme looks consistent so is it and what do you think do you think this is the third part of the trilogy or is this a reboot
0: i I think it's a a soft reboot Mm. yeah Mm. there was also there was another tv show after this the new adams family which the girl who plays wednesday in this went on to star in
1: yeah which is like cool good on her good on her for Well, is that
0: forcing you, AJ, then, to have the new Adams Family be a continuation of the 1991 film? Because you have Lurch carry over from Values to Reunion, and then he passes the the torch torch. to Wednesday, who then carries on to new Adams Family.
1: My mind is about to explode, because I don't know what to say.
0: (laughs) So this film doesn't have a Rotten Tomatoes score. I can tell you it does have a 33% audience score. Oof. And yeah, it was directed by a guy called Dave Payne And his, uh, the only release this film has ever had Is its original VHS in 1998 They've never re-released it or anything
1: Yeah, because you, you look for you, Very hard movie to pirate uh, yeah. This one It's on YouTube It's actually a
0: very easy movie to, to watch
1: Well, yeah, but not, you know not uh, You can't you can't find a high quality, an HD version of yep, it Yeah, because it doesn't yeah. exist doesn't exist which is isn't that miserable it's lost media the the original the original film prints of this family uh, reunion yeah
0: so it's worth pointing out though that yeah the 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 recasting sort of many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Most uh, notably, you have Daryl Hannah playing Morticia and Tim Curry as... Gomez, which is like, I find super interesting casting because it's like, you know, you go to a direct to video series and you get some fucking no one's ever heard of to play the person. But it's like, Daryl Hannah and Tim Curry are arguably like just as good casting as Angelica Houston and Raul Julia, like for the I th- time. I
1: can say that for, for Gomez. I don't know if I agree with Angelica Houston and Daryl Hannah the sure. what, one thing i didn't mention on on as it specifically happens every time there's a shot of morticia and adam's family values mm. where the way they've lit it is so that it's like how what am i explain it's like a chiaroscuro lighting there's there's
0: like just a a beam of light illuminating her eyes
1: it's very subtly though so Mm. it looks like she's like peering out a window almost but she'll be like standing next to gomez and he doesn't have this lighting set up and and she does and there's one part where it happens while she's like moving um and they attempt it's it's a a reference to
0: like um whatever happened to baby joe like one of those kind of movies yeah
1: yeah yeah Yeah. and they attempted a couple of times with Daryl Hannah, and it just made me livid, Richard. <laughs> it was like a how dare you stand yeah, yeah. where she stood moment. Um, but Tim Curry is so obvious as the casting for Gomez that I'd never properly seen the first two movies. I have the most the most yeah. pitifully vague memory of seeing this one
0: before. I'm the same, yeah.
1: And for years, I assumed Tim Curry played Gomez in the first two as well. <laughs> 'Cause doesn't does it not just make complete sense that Tim Curry has played Gomez as Yeah, Tim life?
0: Curry as Gomez is like a perfect marriage of mm. actor and character.
1: Yeah, and it's but he's funny not because that, he's
0: not that great in the film, I didn't think. No, like,
1: no I'll i I'll say that it's like as good of an idea it is to cast him, he doesn't really do anything outside well, of Well, the thing. It's like I,
0: I wouldn't say he's phoning at him because I don't think Tim Curry ever did that. But like mm. Yeah, it's just like f- i think what, they did del- four barbie
1: movies and two scooby-doo movies will attest to that
0: yeah like i think and, and this is like a deli- like a behind the scenes quote that i i found as well that it's like they were deliberately moving away from the uh what they call latin lothario that was raul julia and taking a more like taking just kind of this x factor out of that that mm. role and Sonnefeld, I guess, added that wasn't there originally. Mm.
1: Yeah, and because uh, Tim curry has got to be the best actor who's been in the the most straight to DVD, yeah, yeah, garbage Clint films. Clint Howard
0: as well. Clint, Clint Howard's a,
1: another one. Another Clint Howard the film to actor. add to the collection. <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> um. But what I thought was interesting is that so canonically the Adams are what Spanish, I guess.
0: Is that true? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, it's I think it's varied from time to time, but like I know that in in Wednesday in the show the cast was mm. sort of uh, made Latin around Jen Ortega, and because mm. they were like, yeah. oh, they wanted to honor the character's roots, but I'm not sure when that became official. Right, because Raul
1: Julia is I don't sorry I don't know where he's specifically uh, from, Puerto but maybe? but he's he's, he's doing Puerto like Reican. the He's he's doing the like Gomez Adams accent. I don't know how else to describe it, right? Mm. Which is that just what Raúl Julián? It's just because it in be, yeah. in the animated ones, um, where he's where Gomes is staggeringly voiced by a very enthusiastic Oscar Isaac of all people. He's also we'll doing the like he's doing he's doing a Latin. Well, I think that's because it's accent.
0: that's his he's what Guatemalan, right? And, but yeah. I, I He's think still that's just Oscar on.
1: Isaac's accent. Well, I, I think He's it's... Put, no, no, Oscar Isaac doesn't sound like that.
0: I, I think it's one of those things that, like, that's probably the accent that Oscar Isaac talks to his family in. It's, like, something that he can very easily settle into. And it's, like... Mm. It would be incorrect to say it's not his accent, you know? But also, like, right. yeah, like you said, he speaks with, a, like, a more American accent um, normally. But I think it's... I, I, I just, he, it's not like I don't think he's like putting on an accent I think he's allowing his natural accent to come through a bit more I would right.
1: say right I just I remember when
0: Catherine Zeta-Jones and who plays Gomez in Wednesday it's um uh he's in the episode of Community where it's um would they make the statue to him because he used to go to the um because he used to go to Greendale Louise Guzman yeah Louise Guzman
1: Guzman like i remember when he was cast and there was like big uproar like why'd they cast this dude as the you know sexy gomez adams mm. and i remember reading like no like the adams family are supposed to have like a heritage that's based in like latinx kind of kind of stuff this is all to say that tim curry who is white bread white mm-hmm. um he he There is one scene in this where all of a sudden he's doing like sort of like a trepidatious attempt at like a Spanish accent. Did you pick up on this? No, I did not It's when so the plot of this film is they accidentally get invited to an Adams family reunion that is single D, A D A M S reunion, and they think they just put a typo in the invitation. <laughs> and when he meets the other Adams, one of whom is played by Ed Begley Jr. from Arista Development and Better Call Saul, who's sort of the main one of slow, the main villains of the film. Elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. He starts talking in that accent, and it 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 must have been. I reckon this if, if he's ever seen it, I reckon this must be frustrating for Tim Curry to be like, "No, we made the de- this was the first scene we shot, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then afterwards we made the decision that I can't do this accent the whole mm. time, and then they didn't use the version where I'm not doing the accent for that one scene. <laughs> it feels like that anyway. Mm. Yeah.
0: W- what did you think of the film?
1: oh awful awful <laughs> film it's awful and it's like it's creepy it's and it's, kooky. It's, it's it's all a little too ooky for my <laughs> tastes Richard um, no I don't know I, I like I said I'd seen this before and there was a bit where whatever actor they got to play fucking fester in this film which is mm. a very different energy to Christopher Lloyd Um, he's his storyline is that he's got like this monster pet that keeps eating people's hair Mm. and there's a bit where he's like talking to me he's like i can't feed you i don't have any hair and all of a sudden i had one of those moments where you you time travel back to when Mm. you're 10 years old and i was like i remember that joke i've seen this movie oh yeah um so there was that. There was also there's also another like sort of sea story where Lurch saves a woman from drowning in the pool and gives her mouth to mouth and then just stalks her for the rest of the movie. <laughs> and I again funny stuff. I'd been remembered that, I remembered that, and I'd falsely remembered that as being what I think would have also been more appropriate as that like they both fall in love. Does that not feel more like the trope that some she you know someone him. falls in love? No, but but like maybe she's a little ookie as well. that's true but maybe she's a little ooky as well and it's this like little love story for lurch but it's not he's just actively stalking a woman who is terrified of him um so that was kind of uncomfortable um i don't even remember what happens in the rest of this movie i remember (laughs) that they that ed begley jr is trying to kill his dad and then
0: yeah um he wants the fortune
1: but then the dad takes a shining to the, the actual Adams family because of how, like, honest they are and, and unafraid of of being weird and ooky. Yeah. And so they get the money or something like that? I can't remember. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same
0: uh, thing as you with, like, flashing back. But it, for me, it was a, when Pugsley has, like, this spread of insects and creepy crawlies. And mm. he goes, hey, where's my banana slug? And then Lurch, like, Burr and yeah for the i had the exact same thing where i was like oh my god have i seen this movie what the fuck hmm. or is this just like that joke was it because it's like specifically a banana slug like all of this yeah somewhere hmm. in the recent but like i know what a banana slug is i've heard of it but because yeah. of it used in that thing because you were like oh I'll that's st- just a common trope and i was like no aj <laughs>
1: it's the banana slug specifically I'll say this for Adam's Family Reunion. It's not a bad premise, like they get accidentally invited No, to. yeah, that,
0: that's the thing. I thought that as well, that it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if this was genuinely These, the plot for the third one.
1: The Barry Sonnenfeld, yeah. Raul Julia, third one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Because it puts them in a bright, colourful environment, which hmm. is where and the it has most going on of the holiday. comedy... Yeah, most of the comedy can be mined from, so... Mm.
0: So, even though this one is a bit of a departure from the last two, there are still some stuff uh, lifted from Ah. the comics, as I mentioned. Um, Rich has only given me a couple for this one. So, there's a comic where Grandmama plays cards and is called out by Morticia for not cheating. So, as shown in the film, her grandma is officially a fan of honest card games. (laughs) And... Feeling gloomy, terribly, is again similar to the unhappy completely exchange Mm. from the comics and the 1991 film. Just shittier.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah, it is just shittier.
0: (laughs) So the series went a little bit dormant for a while. In 2010... Illumination Entertainment acquired the rights to the Adams Family comics and begun work on a stop-motion animated film to be directed by Tim Burton and produced by Chris Maladandry.
1: Sounds great. Big fan of Chris Malad- Maladandry, did you yeah. say? Big fan. Yeah, okay. No, it does feel like a production hell kind of situation. um. But a stop-motion... Oh, young, young Crash has just popped up to the <laughs> mic. <laughs> you was talking.
0: Me say hi. Meow. Whoa,
1: <laughs> he's like, The government did 9 11.
0: <gasps> the um, yeah, keep the spooky black cat. Mm. I'm holding my cat if that wasn't clear. There's a black cat. Dude, crash.
1: this has never happened on film franchise nights before. What I cannot be bothered talking about these next two, movies. <laughs> they, they, they are so just like that. They, so, Adam's family reunion. The worst one. Yeah. But it's, like, bad enough that there's, like, stuff to discuss. Yeah, it looks like these shit. It's,
0: it was made for a budget of, what, three dollars 80 $3.80. <laughs> <laughs>
1: these, these animated films from, what, 2019 and 2021? 2021. 2020, 2021, they are just, like, they're, like every you know that what i refer to as holiday program movies which is when you've been roped into running a holiday program for children and you get you're lucky enough to to get rostered on for the movie day you go to see this movie you know yeah, yeah you get the cool movies. parent
0: who allows you to watch like a non-christian film
1: yeah <laughs> and it's just like this is they're both pretty similar and they're both kind of like so the, it's things like you've got the classic adams family dynamics and things in there but then like someone will make a reference to billy eilish and you just go like hate the
0: and also also that, that like it's two years old and that reference is dated because the joke is that uh gomez says tell that billy eilish her like music is a bit too cheery for my taste 2021 Billie Eilish known for being very macabre but she's like changed her whole thing like happier than ever was her last album have you listened to it though I wouldn't describe yeah, it still but happier. it's like I think her her image has changed so I mean I guess like that Barbie song that I can't escape on TikTok but the yeah it's it's a disappointing film. let's talk about the casting of the film so first of all because you have It's it's very like it's a very star-studded cast. Okay, sorry, Crash. Uh I need to put you down. Not like that. I need I need to put him on the floor. I don't. I would never do that. Uh so, uh, yeah, it stars, as you mentioned earlier, Oscar Isaac as Gomez Adams, Shelley's Theron as Morticia Adams, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz as Wednesday, Finn Wolfhard as Pugsley, who was recast the second one because his voice broke. Well, it, it broke before the first yeah. one.
1: I don't know I don't know why they cast... Well, I do know why, sorry. Yeah, well, I yeah. know why they cast Finn Wolfhard in the first one. Yeah. They shouldn't have. He sounds like a sounds 20-year-old like man. Yeah.
0: So uh, you have Nick Kroll as Uncle Fester, who's doing, like... If you've seen Big Mouth, he's just doing Coach Steve. Uh, mm. Snoop Dogg plays it in what's like supposed doesn't, to doesn't it. supposed to be like the uh, Patrick Stewart playing the poop emoji. That's like, isn't it funny? We got this guy for this role. Uh, Bette Midler plays Grandmama. Allison Janney as the villain of the film. Margot Needler. You also have Martin Short and Catherine O'Hara as the Frumps. Mm-hmm. More uh, more parents. Mm-hmm. Elsie Fisher's in the film. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah. Casting, so this is the thing that it's like when when the film's cast was announced, I was like, and I, and other people online share this sentiment, but it's like infuriating that mm. you would have, I'll say it, the best possible 2019 casting of Gomez and Morticia and mm. waste it on an animated film
1: well we've talked i think we talked about this recently but it has echoes of casting benedict cumberbatch as grinch and then having him do an american accent where benedict cumberbatch would make an amazing live action grinch anyway you know (laughs) like let let alone the fact that they took away the whole point of casting him as as that character
0: yeah but like oscar i think of oscar isaac as a live action gomez and my penis swells up
1: interesting
0: (laughs) wow (laughs) uh not with was
1: wondering at home richard did make sure his cat had left the room before he said such inappropriate
0: <laughs> now the now the 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 kids are away but the but yeah so like oscar isaac and Shelley's there and neither of them do anything particularly interesting with their vocal performances like it, it, uh, this is
1: i think oscar isaac is doing he's very he's very enthusiastic which i was like he's he's you know cashing is check well deserved
0: but what well, not yeah.
1: something you can say for every voice actor.
0: well but yeah i would say the thing about this film though is that this is one of the classic like actors aren't necessarily voice acting like voice actors mm. that like you yeah. can't just get the biggest stars in the world like finn wolfhard as pugsley especially is just like you googled famous child actor in 2019 and said okay cool we'll get that guy chloe grace moretz i also think is pretty uninspired for wednesday that it's just like let's get a young female actor yeah, and then but it's like she does a decent job like it's we, like wednesday is also the character you have the most to do with like wednesday's mm-hmm. the best character in the adams family and yeah, that there's yeah. the reason she got her own spin off. but yeah like finn Wolfhard heart as pugsley is just i mean it continues the trend of just that being such a nothing character
1: yeah that's true but but it's really confusing like who is pugsley in the original series i guess is my question because i've just got he's just a little chubby boy is like 100 yeah. of his characterization to me but even then it's like they should have got well first of all finn wolfhard is for some reason perpetually thought of as who he is in season one of stranger things by season two of stranger things by it's chapter two he's too old for the role he's being de-aged yeah and so like i they should have got like i don't know they should have got a woman to play yeah whose voice didn't break for a thousand years they should have got like a woman to play pugsley
0: well actually interestingly um in i think the first animated series they did after the scooby-doo uh one pugsley is played by an 11 year old jodie foster
1: jesus christ wow that's shocking (laughs) (laughs) wow interesting yeah
0: yeah pugsley just being like he said i can smell your cunt (laughs)
1: um yeah So there is something I want to talk about with the first film of these two, though, Mm. which is the cold open of the first film. It starts with uh, uh, Gomez and Morticia's wedding day. It shows them getting married, where they're then chased out of town by an angry mob um and they're driving away and they run over someone which was shocking to see in a kids movie <laughs> I was like Jesus Christ they've hit someone that someone it turns out to be Lurch who's just escaped from an insane asylum and they're just like oh take our bags and he's like oh, okay and Thing is already there and then they move into the the iconic Adams family house and then Lurch is like trying to figure out the piano cuz he can of course very funny to see a Frankenstein's monster be so beautiful with mm. the piano, um, and then him and, Th- the, and thing kind of slowly work out how to play the Adams Family theme song. Mm. Like, like thing is giving him feedback. Like, he and he starts going like da 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 da, and he, and thing like is miming like slow it down, slow it down. And then he goes da 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 da, and then thing goes. <laughs> and I thought. Fucking hype dude i thought this was the hype that the live action films were Well, missing. this is the 2019 Maybe...
0: approach to nostalgia
1: yeah but it, it works with music i'm okay with it when it's music it's when it's other things you're it's when it's from.
0: 80 year old actors yeah yeah man. yeah
1: man totally and and it's like i was prepared after the cold open i was like I'm gonna like this movie sorry everyone That's the thing. That yeah, I didn't know
0: this was bad going into it
1: yeah right right but and just and the the way that that iconic theme is used in these animated films is the best thing about the films mm. which is more a statement on how good that theme is as opposed to yeah. how good the films are and it just it, it made me yearn for seeing that in these live those live action ones because mm. as, 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 by the time it gets to the the fully realised version you're like stra- strap in motherfuckers we're gonna watch the adams fucking family it's Mm. so fuck yeah you know like it's so hype and then it just immediately drops and the film is about like a reality tv or a home flipping home makeover show show, yeah that are wanting to get rid of the adams family house because it is on a big hill in a newly established hardly
0: fitting with the village's rustic aesthetic it was like (laughs) again it's like i don't hate the premise of the film that it's like the family, like the entire town, who's like almost like stepford wivesy kind of like normal. Everyone's the same. That they want to, you know, like assimilate the Adams family. I was like, it's yeah, kind of a good yeah. idea. Like,
1: yeah, again, it's not a bad idea, but it, I, I think the character designs in this are kind of shit. I didn't really enjoy. they're They're a lot closer
0: to the original comic designs i will say so it's like but i i think they're hideous i i hate the designs of the characters
1: um what else is there there's like um i can't i can't really think of (laughs) (laughs) there
0: there is some stuff obviously that's lifted from the the comics as as there always is this one um Oh, they actually to to differ from the comics and Adams family reunion this iteration of grandma ma actually openly endorses cheating and is proud of it uh, <laughs> and also
1: has an accent mm. again placing the adams family in a, it's, it's a, a culture i'm not entirely sure what mm. that culture is called
0: <laughs> there's also the uh, the comic apparently uh, it suggests that pugsley is the adams child with interest in like normal things whereas in this it's wednesday which is like sort of one of the large plots of the film is that she wants to attend Mm. public Public school school. and much to the chagrin of her parents again an idea i thought was very fun and it's like i don't know that i would have bought it if this was say the plot of the third film with christina ricci but because Mm. It was a new version of Wednesday, I could believe it, but it's like, I just wouldn't believe that that version of Wednesday would lead to wearing a pink dress.
1: This is also, this first animated one, is the second Adams Family reunion in a row, because that's hmm. a big part of the plot as well, is that the family is coming to town. Yeah. Including Cousin It, voiced by Snoop Dogg, where they've just raised his pitch and turned it backwards, so yeah. you can't understand it.
0: The Also, Rachel pointed out as well that this one... uh contains the unhappy darling completely mm, as well nice nice yeah the, who
1: directed who directed this uh, one? This
0: was conrad vernon and well, i can't remember the other guy's name uh greg tiernan
1: right and what was it on roddy t what do you think 34 45 mm. yeah it's pretty abysmal <laughs> it's yeah. not very fun like uh, at uh, all.
0: You, i mean your review on letterbox i think nailed it that it's like there's no reason this film had to be bad
1: yeah yeah that's the thing is like i enjoy the concept broadly,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> that's such a me thing to say, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the concept broadly, but the specific iterations, none of them are really hitting home for me. <laughs> except maybe family values. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, interesting. But yeah, it was
0: mm. regardless of what people thought of it. It was followed two years later in twenty twenty one, went straight to streaming or did like day and date theatrical because of the Delta oh, really? variant. Remember Delta?
1: Ah. Uh, delta i remember it well
0: <laughs> so yeah what's adam's family 2 about
1: adam's family 2 is about maybe wednesday was switched at birth a mm. ridiculous thing to suggest when you've designed the character to look like a smaller version of her own mother yeah, yeah um and to get away from the like dna man that's following them around they decide to go on an adam's family vacation <laughs> across america uh where they're stalked by this dude that's trying to prove that wednesday is not a real adams only to find out that it is actually a situation where there's like this uh tech an elon musk type Mm. (laughs) who is so enthralled by wednesday's brilliance because she's invented this thing that can supplant another animal's dna in another yeah. animal so she puts squid dna into Fister, who begins to turn into a squid throughout the film um and he basically wants to claim this for himself ends up being the bad guys voiced by bill hader mm. um
0: interestingly did, did you notice was the first male primary antagonist in the franchise
1: wow mm. interesting um i do you reckon there's like oblique references to breaking bad with that character
0: yeah i
1: did you pick up on this i
0: i have since forgotten that but i do remember thinking that
1: so there is a banner at the science fair and the oh, ce yeah, yeah. at <laughs> the end of science is as a as the what the the symbol for, or something yeah the, the elemental table symbol um and then when that character pops up in hologram form it is like his, his character design is reminiscent of like early seasons walter 01. white i thought ah okay um and uh, yeah i just thought that there was like a a breaking bad inspiration thing going on yeah there.
0: which should be like no way but then like wednesday quotes watchman in the first film when she goes to public mm-hmm. school and she says you don't understand you're not locked up uh yeah yeah i, I i'm not, not locked not... up in here with you you're locked in here with me and then when she, <laughs> in science class, when she resurrects all the frogs, she does the end of, um film with Donald Taylor, uh, Don't Look Now. Don't Look Now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah.
1: No, it's Don't Look Now. I look. Have.
0: The <laughs>
1: I didn't know that was the end of Don't Look Now. I've never seen it properly. Um, yeah. So anyway, um that's more like there's a subplot where Fester's trying to teach Pugsley how to be good with women which felt very risky for a 2021 it is invasion of the body of snatchers
0: oh is it really yeah.
1: oh, okay what do i know because yeah. you
0: find out I, that he's been invaded by the body snatchers
1: i would have watched all of don't look now waiting for that moment wait for him
0: to go like, Roo! Roo!
1: yeah uh and there's a bit in this movie wallace sean plays the the guy chasing them who ends up being working for bill hader's character yeah he's the guy who's claiming that wednesday is not and adams and wednesday catches him at the grand canyon where she ties him up and that's where she discovers that um what's it like cyrus strange is bill haters character's name yeah, yeah discovers that cyrus strange is behind and has been hiring him to and she ties him up and then at the end he's at the end of their call their phone call he's like oh and where's wallace sean's character cut to wide he's he's gone and <laughs> she's like oh i let him go and it's like what you let him fall to his death and i was like this is this is going to come back right <laughs> like we're going to get a post credit scene where wallace shawn's character falls into some water right right did we it's i, like I, the, I the, turned the film the, off the, s- at the earliest no, convenience no i don't know oh, well, so did i but no <laughs> I, I i stayed at least till the animated credit yeah, sequence right. was over
0: and, but so did she just murder a man what i mean you didn't take her threat seriously she's been but talking friend- about murdering everyone
1: yeah, but of all the characters in the film, I thought Wallace Shawn was like just sort of like a, a chess piece. Like he's not
0: Wallace he pawn.
1: Deserved <laughs> Wallace pawn. <Richard>. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't I don't think Cyrus Strange gets killed at the end of this.
0: Uh, no, he like turns into a mutant thing. No, then they thing they, they, they drop though. into to his death. Mm, there you go. Which, which characters in mutants. animated films always fall into the death? <laughs>
1: Because it's, it's non violent. Yeah, like you don't have to it, de- once you, once you, don't you notice have to deal it, with the it's the reality like, of it. <laughs> think of like
0: any animated film Bad Guy probably falls to his death. Anyone. Anyone. Name one major. Inside Out. Yep.
1: Inside Out. Yep. Riley falls to her death. Riley, <laughs> the villain of Inside Out. Um, yeah, she so gets actually, turned inside out. I, I mean, Bing Bong arguably to, yeah. Bing, b- Bing Bong doesn't fall to his death and is not the villain, but does mm. get left behind in a very like how Disney, char- how Disney kills off characters' yeah. ways. Although, have you seen the poster for Inside Out too? Yeah, and Bing Bong is like on it. No, he's not. I think he's he's at like it, it infers Bing Bongs in it, which I was like, don't bring, uh, don't bring, don't
0: Bing bring Bing. Bing, don't bring Bing Bong back. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but there's a there's a joke, or well, not even a joke, just a moment in it, this it's movie. There, I like, reckon
0: minimalist poster, mm. and I there's a character, there's a new character who maybe you're confusing with Bing Bong
1: right well they look like bing bong yeah there's a yeah so there's a joke in this or well not it's not even a joke it's just a moment in this movie that i detested and i think it's a really good example of the shortcomings when you're a new writer adapting something that's that many people before you yeah. have worked on and someone else made up which is when she's talking to cyrus strange on the phone he's like i think i might actually be your dad and He's like, I named you Wednesday after my favourite poem. And she goes, Wednesday's child is full of woe. Which is the, that poem. That's like, Tuesday's child is full of grace. And it's or also Wednesday's
0: actually what Charles Adams named her after.
1: Which, exactly. I think, don't fuck It, like, it, it, it comes off as like, um, actually, I know that this piece of trivia <laughs> that Wednesday was named. Uh, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's the joke. You don't need to actually explain the reference Ex- explaining a reference it's dissecting the frog like it it takes it from being a smart character reference to like
0: a bragging that reference. they knew
1: about it you know yeah I,
0: that yeah. was my favorite bit of the film really yeah i was like oh man i, I get the reference too oh I, watching no. that i was like aj probably won't pick up on that like me in this movie is smart and aj is dumb. <laughs> yeah so a couple of notes from rachel here so mm-hmm. uh morticia's lack of reaction to pugly's Pugsley's Cries for Help is similar to a comic wherein Pugsley looks on as Morticia tells a perturbed Wednesday, well, don't come whining to me. Go tell him you'll poison him right back. It's a funny line. And there's a chance that the ending shot is based on a Charles Adams cartoon where everyone in a movie theater has turned around to stare at the reader as an actress screams on the movie screen i don't think there's a huge chance given the lack of notes for the movie but there's a chance
1: i mean the fact that rachel can is struggling to give us references yeah. for these two animated films i think that says it all like like this is such a departure from the source material and mm. I, I think it i think it ruins it because it's yeah. like it's, it's the source material it,
0: that i was generally a fan of <laughs> in broad terms it's,
1: yeah broadly a fan of but like in the sense that like they dial down the macabreness of it mm. like wednesday has character growth which i think is like yeah, that's a <laughs> modern approach to like a very specific type of character
0: yeah
1: i mean i, I haven't seen the Netflix. yeah i imagine she has character, character growth. growth
0: in that <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but also that series it's not like that series was received well either like that, i, that I, I think like, it's
0: pretty beloved
1: really i read terrible reviews for it
0: yeah i think it's well I say beloved, I mean like Netflix beloved. Certain yeah, it, people it, loved it. It's getting a season two. It breathed new life into the character, made General Ortega a bona fide star. And yeah, I think like the the, the SAG, SAG after I had to send out a a memo being like, you're not allowed to dress as Wednesday Adams for Halloween during the strike. Right. Because uh, sev-
1: like, 72% on Ron Tomato, so that's about as good as. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it became, like, it the second nervous. highest watched thing, like, very quickly. I think, like, yeah, I any anyone I know who has watched it enjoyed it, to say the least, you know.
1: Okay, I, I read that it was bad. That's what I got told. The first episode of the show is called Wednesday's Child is Full of Woe. Stop fucking telling me! I get it! I get the reference! It stops being clever if you draw attention to it. Wow. In fact, Woe appears in all of the titles of the show. Whoa whoa mm.
0: <laughs> there there is one bit in the film which i wonder if you picked up on so there's a bit where wednesday and lurch are walking through death valley california and they stop in front of a crossroads sign and did you happen to pick up on any of the, the directions they were pointing
1: brother i was checked out by this point almost entirely well i'm like gonna give you sitting in front of moving colors on a screen and not taking any of
0: it in. yeah the like like you're trying to imagine a an apple just <laughs> It's just really just a I tried colors. to
1: give myself aphantasia so I didn't have to see this movie.
0: The but yeah, so the the crossroad sign and I and I I noticed this, but I've got them written down here. I'll give you a direction on the sign and you have to tell me what's a reference to. So first of all, you got Crystal Lake.
1: Uh uh Friday the thirteenth.
0: The Overlook Hotel.
1: The Shining
0: Amityville.
1: Amityville.
0: Amityville, what? Horror. Yeah. Uh, Elm Street.
1: Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh,
0: Haddonfield, Illinois.
1: That's Halloween. Yeah,
0: and last one is The Lighthouse.
1: What, from The Lighthouse? That's from The
0: Fog from uh, 1980. Yeah. But yeah, there's a fun little horror movie reference there for you.
1: And a movie that's absolutely embracing its horror movie roots. <laughs> to
0: like
1: make it squeaky clean at all.
0: So, there's been... Uh, as I mentioned, the, the Adams family is a media empire. There was a musical, which um, wow. Nathan Lane played Gomez Adams. was in 2010, and like, he's uh, also in *Adams Family yeah, Values*. Yeah, Nathan Lane, exactly. And obviously, we've mentioned at length the TV show *Wednesday*, which Tim Burton uh, created and directed. I think the first four out of eight episodes, and mm-hmm. Fester's voice actor Nick Kroll from the animated ones has said that he. He plans to pitch an idea for a third film, possibly for 2023, so it hasn't got long. Uh, he mentions that he would love the third movie to be about the Adams family going on another vacation, attending space or Comic-Con?
1: Attending space.
0: <laughs> yeah. What did you think of uh, Nick Kroll as Fester?
1: I kind of... Feel strange about Nick Kroll. Like I, fe- when I first discovered Nick Kroll, mm. it was in a, a little-known TV show that you know a lot about because I always talk about oh, it. You will
0: shut up about it.
1: Called the Life and Times of Tim, and which has like his the subtleties of his vocal performance in that show is, mm. God, it is so, it's breathtakingly funny. Something, <laughs> and and then he got bigger and more famous, and whenever he's in something now, I'm kind of like, eh, yeah. It's just Nick Kroll doing the Nick, one of his two voices.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, if you've seen Big Mouth, I think you've seen the entirety of his vocal repertoire.
1: <laughs> <laughs> also, do you know who his dad is? Do you know about
0: this? Uh, I know he's a uh, um, a blue... link on wikipedia
1: yeah he is a his nick kroll's dad is a billionaire who helped defend harvey weinstein or something like like it's like comically bad for (laughs) someone like nick nick kroll who's like one of these comedians which feels like they represent the like roll in the mud working class almost yeah yeah yeah.
0: so now it's time for us to put showering continuations of the franchise aj Mm -hmm. what have you got for us
1: so obviously, I'm going with what other famous phrases begin with the word family. Yeah, and like Adam's family values, Adam's family reunion, and there are you know there's and I'm sorry if this is your one, Richard. There's Adam's family feud, which I thought was too easy, mm-hmm. um, and I thought Richard will do that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but then I think the the one that I would like to see, and I'm not going to do like and here's who I'd cast yeah. because the Wednesday show has like there is that already. there is the the modern casting of it i think that the the most exciting one to me would be adam's family secrets yeah nice um and i think that the the modicum of plot i came up with it for is like wednesday learning everyone's secrets and using it to blackmail and like get what she wants because she's holding everyone's information at ransom
0: yeah yeah so i should have gone first
1: Mine's Adam's Family Feud.
0: No, so mine, um, very similar. I was worried you were going to say it. So mine actually came to me in a dream, and I'm not like I'm not. Oh, awesome!
1: The best. Continue the (laughs) franchises. Come to you in dreams, dude. I
0: had like a like a hazy fog of a dream, and then I woke up, and I was like, I need to write this down, and so I wrote down (laughs) three simple words.
1: Yeah.
0: Adam's Family Guy.
1: (laughs) Yes! 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 didn't even occur to me dude like when
0: you when you said this is probably your one i was like fuck
1: no i would never take that that's too good of a joke for me to just casually (laughs) i didn't even think of it that's amazing
0: that's amazing that's all that's all i've got
1: adam's family guy we brought it back to family
0: guy Even though I'm a scrubs guy now.
1: Yeah. Richard's everyone, for those keeping track at home, Richard no longer a family guy guy. (laughs) He's now a scrub scrub.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh it is now time for us to rank that franchise and we're gonna be doing something we it's been a while, I think, so as we've done. We're gonna have to do two separate rankings because these are two distinct different canons.
1: And and okay, well, are we counting reunion as part of the trilogy or is it its own thing? What do you think? I'm more inclined to say it's technically part of the trilogy.
0: Oh, well, it's a different production company, though.
1: Yeah, but the fact that they brought back Lurch, to me, that means it is like, ah, uh, does production company trump that? Is it just like, they brought back the guy?
0: Mm. Let's not include it. Okay. Because, you know, it's our list, so we can do what we want.
1: Do whatever the fuck we want.
0: So, where is the Adam's Family and Adam's Family values going?
1: I reckon, like, give me, give me something so it's, we're well above the information. Is it better than
0: fit. Gremlins?
1: Fuck! What a weird franchise to give me to compare it to,
0: dude. Okay, well I thought another where, horror where, comedy fra- two film franchise. might...
1: Where is Gremlins on 63. the list?
0: Sixty-three
1: above and below what? Uh,
0: below Scary Movie, above Jaws.
1: It's a strange place for <laughs> we think scary. We think Scary Movie is better than Gremlins.
0: Yeah, I guess. Is it better? Or, really? Is it better or worse than The Raid?
1: it's not as good as the raid
0: okay so somewhere in the 10 between those is it better or worse than happy death day
1: Mm, yeah about there maybe better
0: is it better or worse than lilo and stitch
1: better than lilo and stitch
0: okay but is is it better or worse than the matrix
1: it is worse than the matrix but better than lilo and stitch (laughs) okay 57 we've got i love bigger i love that my life has this podcast in it where i'm led to saying the sentence it's better than the it's better than lilo and stitch but not as good
0: (laughs) and what about the animated films are they better Uh, or worse than george of the jungle
1: yes better i think
0: are they better or worse than the live action 101 dalmatians
1: no they're worse than those
0: are they better than a cinderella story yes are they better or worse than teenage mutant ninja turtles the original Worse. okay so they go between 10 million turtles and a cinderella story at 163 so we, i haven't we felt have this good about points? a oh no wow. no, we, no we didn't
1: i i haven't felt this good about a ranking in years richard i feel like these are very good places to put these two <laughs> little sub franchises
0: all right so all that's left to do now we didn't mention this at all on the podcast really we, we spoke briefly about it but this was a uh, our first thanksgiving episode i believe
1: ah oh, true yeah, yeah nice coming out after thanksgiving but don't worry about that don't worry don't about
0: that. you worry about that <laughs> aj where can people find us and then uh while well, i pull up my random number generator because it's time oh. to randomly select a and franchise. i
1: believe it's my turn to make you guess <sighs> okay i haven't made you guess in ages so this is where we randomly draw a number that correlates to a franchise on our list and that will be the next franchise we cover on the cult Popshire podcast but if you enjoyed this episode then please consider uh supporting us at all the places you can do that by following us on twitter and instagram uh you can uh jump in the discord which will be a link to in the show notes we'd love to hear people's experiences with adam's family generally that'd be cool and if you want to support us financially you can get on patreon patreon.com where you get access to exclusive extra podcasts you get to tell us which movies to watch you even get to be involved in something called the post-credit scene coming at you after this music ends so stick around for that richard give me a number all right
0: your number is
1: seven i can't believe this
0: <laughs> all right all right it's a uh, franchise aj can't believe what could it be so
1: it is a franchise which I believe is getting a TV show sequel. It's two films, but there's a TV show sequel coming out. Yeah. Um, it is so fucking weirdly closely related to something <laughs> we were just talking
0: about. Yeah. Like,
1: and I'm talking less than ten minutes ago. We were talking about this. We haven't Any had a, we haven't
0: had a uh, a coincidence like this in a while. It, this
1: is one for the books <laughs> although although you do talk about this a lot so
0: yeah. maybe it's not surprising yeah because. i mean I, I i think i've i've already worked it out
1: uh, it, so Richard?
0: join us in two weeks time where we will be covering the two films which i have actually very recently watched in <laughs> the ted franchise
1: correct we are covering <laughs> seth MacFarlane's ted and ted 2 uh
0: if you're wondering why I, we just i guess this is roll, inevitable yeah we have to i mean i've been wanting it to happen for a long time i'm very excited i just watched these films like when i was in leeds with carlisle and jess we watched them um if you're wondering how we were able to roll a two film franchise just then as well because we we said years ago we took them off the list we're not doing Netflix miss yeah. this year but we do have something adjacent coming up and so mm-hmm. we uh,
1: we have a non-denominational uh, holiday uh, mo- movie watch to do
0: yeah and but so we um, because we have extra films to watch for that uh, we do have a franchise list for occasions like this um, where we mm. uh, need something a bit easier to get through mm. And yeah. it's just entirely Ted. It's just it's just Ted. It's
1: all Ted. There's a lot of good franchises on here that I kind of like. Two film franchises that would be like. I'm looking now. Like Sin City is on here. I made the the poster for Sin City two my like cover photo when it was released. They never saw it. Anyway, <laughs> that's that's the Adams family. Tune in next next time for us talking about Ted. Um that'll be a lot of fun. And you'll be running that um, as well. Exactly, and I'll I'll. Interview McFarlane himself. I'll track him down and I'll say you've ruined my life. Um so (laughs) tune in for that and stay tuned for the post-credit scene coming at you after this music ends. Da 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 snap snap da 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 snap snap. I hope this wasn't too ooky
0: spooky for you. The cult hopsha family.
1: Welcome along to the post credit scene, everybody. This is a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate $5 or more over at patreon.com slash so you get to give us something to talk about in this, is the post credit scene. Richard, who's it from and what is it?
0: So today's one comes from Dan Connell, who says, What is the strangest movie theatre experience you've ever had?
1: Um, I reckon it was when I saw Smile. Smile and they kept farting? They kept farting. <laughs> they... <laughs> The, the characters of the film no there were these there were these teenagers there and I hate I hate that I'm old enough now that I'm like complaining about teenagers in public but they were just they were talking the whole time there was a point where and I did actually find this kind of they, one of them farted at one point and they all laughed at him um, but there was a point that actually was pretty funny to their credit, which is when one one of the characters blurted out, "Are you serious right now?" Which at the me at the at that time was like a TikTok meme of "Are you serious right now?" <laughs> uh, and an actual character said that in the film, and they cracked up, and a little <laughs> smile appeared on my face, and I went, "God damn it!" <laughs> and like it was so disruptive that I nearly went up to them after the film and was just like, "You guys were young when the pandemic happened." So you don't know what you're supposed to do in a movie theater. Oh, that is a big thing. That, with, th- that yeah. was I wanted to be like you were horrible to share a movie mm. theater.
0: with. I just, I, I've asked this before, but was the farting, the smell, or the the audio that was annoying you? The
1: the audio. I was too far away right. to smell
0: it. Um, so, yeah, someone farted when I went to go see the whale. Like the the whale was a weird experience. There was one where, and I think this is a pretty universal experience, but like there was. Uh, every time there's a few times when Brendan Fraser and that film is like shirtless or naked, and you see like his body, and like the film is framed like this is grotesque. And mm-hmm. the the only because it was announced recently that uh, Darren Aronofsky is going to be directing a Elon Musk biopic, but it's like you look at any uh, any Darren Aronofsky film, he is disgusted by his protagonist, and so I'm like <laughs> maybe he's kind of the perfect director, for it. but the the. Is um, every time he was shirtless or you saw him naked, this one person in my screening would just crack up. And it's like supposed to be like oh the saddest God. part, like you know, the, this is the crushing reality. There was also just during a quiet moment, someone farted and like loud enough that like a group of people cracked up. And but this woman behind me was eating like a um a little like tub She's of eating a fart, <laughs> eating like a tub of ice cream, and yeah. was like like in the seat directly behind jess i think and so like right next to me um and was eating it so fucking loudly that like when she finished it i literally said to jess at normal volume thank god <laughs> just so that she would know how infuriating it was to listen to you to eat ice cream for 15 minutes
1: these are all in cinema going habits that would be annoying anyway but doing them in the whale is like extra like <laughs> insensitive yeah <right>? that's insane <laughs> I I went to see series of unfortunate events in what 2005. Yeah, uh, with a tummy bug, like yeah, had oh, so been you throwing one. up. I had been throwing up for days earlier, and I but I really wanted to see it. My dad took me to it, and I'm there watching Jim Carrey be like, "I am Count Olaf," and I had to have like a cold water bottle like on my stomach to to oh, wow. cool it down because I was feeling so ill.
0: Hmm. I I remember uh during uh return of the king that like Gollum and well they, i don't know that like they'd all just reached the top of mount doom and i was like i really need to pee to Mum, and she was like oh like the movie's clearly almost over <laughs> and then like have it like you know contemplating peeing in my drink or whatever because i had to go that badly and it's like that movie famously takes a long time to end. It's like when they get to the top of Mount Doom, it's probably still what like an hour to go in the film. Um, probably, yeah. Yeah. Insane times. The 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 one that, that strikes to mind, not necessarily as like strangest, but like worst was um, live action Lion King, where mm. it was just like horrific. I couldn't hear the trailers of the film, which were louder than the film, because people on the other side of the cinema were like talking. And like, mm. I, I, I you know like talk during the trailers but it's like i can't believe you are that loud and then that didn't stop Mm. at all um 20 minutes of trailers because i was at like a cinema chain that i don't usually go to for that part of that's part of the reason why because they play trailers for like 20 sometimes 30 minutes and then Mm. people 20 minutes into the film so 50-ish minutes after the scheduled start time of the film were coming in late Getting their torches out on their phone to try and find their seat, and then when spoilers for The Lion King, Mufasa died, half the cinema took flash photography of the of the scene. Hell yeah! Insane. Hell yeah! Just TikTok in, insane, generation, insane thing to do.
1: When I saw um, Uncharted, these two reasonably drunk dudes and probably their fifties were in the were like in the foyer with me and my buddy, and. They were like, well, you guys looking forward to Batman? <laughs> we were like, yeah, man, please don't talk to us. Um, and then during the movie, they were just talking so much that we then also had to cross a weird social boundary in asking the people who had already talked to us and established a rapport with us yeah. to be quiet. So immediately the boundaries of this new relationship we're like, hey, changed. and
0: we're, we're buddies here. Can you, be but, quiet. Shh,
1: can, can you please be quiet and then one of them went out and just couldn't didn't come back for the rest of the movie and then we left and he was outside and he was like oh I tried to get back in but they locked the doors I went out for a smoke what happened in the end and we were just like good guys won man and left <laughs> And he he clearly wanted, like, a detailed rundown on what happened at the end of Uncharted.
0: But it's also, like, the doors weren't locked. They were probably just pull and you were pushing on them.
1: (laughs) No, it's those automatic ones, so the buttons on the inside of them all.
0: I'm probably just going to cut before you correct me. (laughs) ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.